back-to-back betrayals leads to back-to-back wins for the new, dare I say, face of the franchise. Plus, Berner grabs the final power position, Corey makes some history, Olivia does her best to make right, James's epic politicking run comes to an end, and for the second week in a row, this historian will do his damnedest, do his best, not to get emotional over who was purged, but damn it, why'd it have to be Michelle? It's the challenge battle for a new champion, episode 17, that's right, 17, recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lover? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in The Challenge Universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollaball. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on this Wednesday night, the 17th. No, 8th, well, 17th Wednesday night, uh, give or take a day here or there. We have been here to cover BFANK the 18th week in a row. We have been here covering Battle for a new champion. The season is super long, but damn if it wasn't worth it to get to where we got to last week and this week and what looks to be a pretty entertaining final coming up and that's a pretty rare thing sometimes for the final to actually be entertaining and so we've got a lot to discuss an action-packed episode a much anticipated episode coming into this week coming out of last week which was fantastic before we dive in a quick couple of words we do have programming reminders coming up but the biggest thing I want to say up top in this podcast is if you you know are online at all within the challenge community throughout this week i think really up to the last week ish or so over the course of the last weekend and this week we've all learned that one of our one of our best one of the most amazing humans of the many amazing humans that make up the world of the challenge and the cast community of the challenge the wonderful the great ayana has had a cancer diagnosis and is you know up for a really big battle here in her life and has, you know, been able to come and be vulnerable online and share with the challenge community everything she is going through and the outpouring of love and help and support for her has been absolutely fantastic, unbelievable to see. And I just want to, you know, to implore you if you if you have the ability to continue that outpouring to continue that support whether that be financial in donating to the fundraiser that Rachel Robinson the amazing the great always Rachel Robinson set up on Ayana's behalf or it's just sending some kind words sending some positive reinforcement Ayana's way anything any little bit will help does help is amazing and is definitely deserved by her my own personal, I do randomly, because she's such an amazing person, I do randomly have a little Ayana story. I have not had the pleasure of actually getting to meet Ayana, but I have messaged with her a little bit back during the uh, the rewatch series a year plus ago, whenever it was. Obviously, Ayana starred in a couple of the earliest seasons of the show. And when I was doing those rewatch and uh, putting out a lot of the clips, especially you know for those first few seasons, Instagram, you know, would allow me to put the clips out for those ones. And I did a bunch. And as I put a bunch out, she, you know, was responding to me. She was looking at all of them. She was responding. We had a couple great conversations about some of the things that happened on season three, where she, you know, 
somewhat famously at this point, uh, you know, got kicked off of the season in a very kind of controversial way, in a in a very real world esque way, a very old school reality TV way of like this thing that occurred and like what do we do about it and actually getting to see the conversations that take place, produce the whole thing. So we had these amazing back and forth conversations. I learned a lot from her. And then randomly I found out and have never, I haven't yet got to, you know, meet her at a challenge mania or event or anything to tell her thank you in person. But I found out after that fact that at one of the challenge manias, I I think it was in Baltimore. I want to say it's in Baltimore, but I I don't know which one it was. Um, But from the stage where she was taking part in a challenge mania, she randomly just shouted out me in the podcast and challenge historian multiple times on stage, just like brought up and, you know, loved that I was talking about the show, that I had talked with her about the old version, you know, the old seasons of the show and the whole thing. And it, I found out through the grapevine from others, I believe uh, Derek, actually Derek Kaczynski was the one that told me initially like, hey, Ayana like shouted you out today. And I was just blown away, floored. That's the type of amazing person that she is. Um, and so, yeah, she's the best. She's a warrior. She's going to battle this thing like hell, but she deserves our full support. So anything you can give, the link will be in the show notes. If you're listening on the audio, if you're on YouTube, the link will be in the description. If you have anything at all that you are able to donate and help out with the medical bills that will be coming her way. Fantastic. And like I said, again, also I will link her Instagram page in the show notes and everything. If you want to just send a positive message, let her know we're thinking of her, love her do that as well. So shout out to Ayana. She's the best and a true OG, true legend in this game and all the power to her. We know the worry that she is. She will get through this like the champion that she is. Now, as for tonight, the podcast itself, same agenda as always. We're going to walk through the episode, hit all the major storylines, do some awards. And then at the end, we are going to update the power rankings to be one final list of the the nine that are left, the seven that are left. How many people are left? Seven at the end of this? Not that many. Not that many. That is how many is left at the end of this episode and give our final predictions for the end also, the only program reminder, obviously, BFank will continue next week, so we will continue our coverage. But do know, next week, next Wednesday, Valentine's Day. So the episode will be out on Thursday sometime. Your boy is a fantastic husband, okay? Just not to toot my own horn like Narice gets to do in this episode, but toot toot. Like to think I'm a fantastic husband, and I know I am a fantastic date night planner extraordinaire. So not missing Valentine's Day, okay? Where, you know, some things take precedence over the podcast. So we'll be watching the challenge Thursday. We'll be recording on Thursday. That'll be out sometime then. Other than that, let's dive in. An amazing episode. Didn't it feel good to anticipate all week long? The energy in the challenge community, unbelievable around the franchise this season, this upcoming episode, Narisa's entrance back in. It was amazing. I loved the energy. I loved looking forward so much to this episode. So let's dive in and talk about everything that went down. Episode 17, B-Fank. Here we go. First things first, we of course start at the house and we start at the part that we were all waiting to see. Yes, this whole episode was good. There was a lot. We're obviously going to get into all of it, but we were all just waiting for the beginning. That's what we wanted. All week long after how last week ended, Norris walking back into that house, how beautifully edited the end of last week's episode was to set this all up. Not to need it much set up, you know, but they did an incredible job and we were on the edge of our seats waiting, waiting, waiting. And Norris's entrance lives up to the hype, complete and utter badass And she plays it perfect. She plays it perfect. Now, were we maybe expecting more of the fireworks that we do eventually get later in the episode? 
Certainly. And if that would have happened, obviously it would have been valid. And it probably would have been entertaining. You know, a huge blowout telling everyone off using some choral-like insults would have been amazing television. But, you know, if you really want to fuck with someone, if you really want to get under someone's skin that wronged you, you know what? One of the best ways, maybe the best way to do it, be super calm. Don't yell at them. When they expect you to go off on them, when Olivia is sitting there expecting Narice to yell at her, to let her have it, to just rip into her, not doing it, just sitting there, being calm, acting like, you know, I'm mad, but it's okay. That eats at them so much more. They almost need you to yell at them to feel a little bit better, to be able to have a reason to play in their mind, to vindicate the things after the fact. It makes no sense, but it is a little bit how a lot of our minds work. And you can see in this moment, this is exactly how Nerese handles it. She's super calm. She tells the whole group, you know, I ain't telling you shit. Fuck all of y'all. But like, I'm here and we're going to play the game. And that's what it is. And then we get the one-on-one with her and Olivia. And she is borderline kind you know she's just calm she's like oh you know uh yeah i I hear your apology and you know it's the the game is the game and we got to keep playing it and she just kind of keeps it moving and you could tell in handling in that way olivia just the 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 pain on olivia's face just gets worse and worse and worse and she seems like legitimately distraught so yes would with the fireworks, with the insults, with the yelling and everything, been super entertaining? Probably. Narice is damn good with her words when she's upset and letting you know. But as far as effectively kind of getting back at these people and actually putting them through a little bit of mental torture, this was definitely the way to go. Olivia's apology, you know, was was good. They're not great, you know, but there isn't a great apology. There wasn't an apology that's going to like make this right all of a sudden, but it was fine. It definitely seemed valid. And certainly throughout the rest of the episode, I believe, you know, her feelings are very valid and very real and authentic here. And this isn't some just like, I need to make face for the cameras. This is really how she feels, but also the way Narice handles this wall, it's probably the most effective to get under the Olivia's, the J's, the everyone else's skins a little bit. It's also the best for her game too. She has no one in this house, no one. So being calm, making the space for people to come to you with offers, with desires to make things right, that's your best probability in that moment as far as getting getting some footing back in the game, getting someone who maybe will help you out in this last round anything you know it's not a guarantee and certainly it obviously doesn't end up that way but probability wise you know this is the best strategy if it's like i still want to survive in advance i need to put all these feelings to the side and find a way to get to this final the best scenario how can i get there so i think she plays it beautifully and thankfully you know I feel a little better saying it, knowing that later in the episode, we do get some of the fireworks. So it's, it's good. We at least get some of them. And in this moment, I think she does everything right. And she pitches and collectively, they all eventually pitch the all girls Alliance. It finally happened. Finally, this is the perfect idea. It's fantastic. It's the best. They should have done it weeks ago. They maybe should have done it the whole damn season. Even if the format didn't allow for it as easily before, obviously when it was more often than not split male and female, but there was a lot of weeks where it was kind of up to them at the start. And then certainly these last three weeks, it was up to them and they could have done it. I love it. The women for a brief moment, as we kind of discussed last week, yes, they have been given the short end of the stick throughout the history of the challenge. There is no arguing that fact, 
But there is also the second truth, which is the few moments that the women have had an opportunity to come together and take down the men on a particular season. They just haven't been able to do it. And so in this moment, I was rejoicing. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to do it. They're going to buck all of challenge history. Uh, but then they don't. And they don't. And the reason they don't is because they don't tell everyone. You need to tell everyone. And maybe they did. Maybe we just didn't get to see that. But I needed to see after this moment, they get like, you know, half the group. I think it's Michelle, Olivia, Norris. Maybe one more's in there. Maybe it's just the three of them at one point discussing this and eventually it gets around everyone. But you need to get all six women in one room and say, hey, wouldn't this be nice? Wouldn't this be great? Should we all help each other at the next daily if possible? Should we all make sure this is what we're doing? All of us will agree that all of us have to kind of dick over, you know, one of the guys in this. No one's going to be have no blood on their hands as far as leaving out to dry someone we were working with. Everyone... In that situation, maybe it happens, but you've got to talk to everyone before the daily, and uh, ultimately it falls apart. Now we've got the daily challenge. Now, the game itself. Let's, let's talk the game itself because I want to continue to avoid the actual end result of the game as much as possible. The game itself is pretty great. Honestly, I really loved it. It's simple, it's fast, and it's something that I could see them have been played on any single season of the challenge in the entire history of the show. Yeah, the older seasons, the the rig, the setup, the, the the log would have been maybe not as nice, maybe have been a little less safe. But this is the type of game that I could see them playing at any time. And it's very simple and straightforward, one act. I like that. I think they did a very smart job as far as, you know, I usually have an issue with like doing the rounds or the heats and the different things. They actually structured this one exactly, I think, the best possible way of just everyone goes at once, top half in winners, top half in the losers. And then we'll go a second time. So it's not just that first round, first person that drops. It's a little more random than getting to do it a second time, getting to learn from your mistakes possibly to before you get purged or figure out kind of how to do it to then make a little bit of a comeback and get the win in the winner's round. So loved everything about the competition itself. Let's talk a couple performances super quick. I do have one question uh, for Corey Lay. Um, there was a water bottle. It seemed, I, I got to go back and double check the tape because I thought I was crazy when I saw it. But I, it seemed like Corey had a water bottle stuffed in the back of his pants, which seemed a little cumbersome when his butt kept ending up on the rolling log there. So uh, I'm going to, I'll report back next week. I'll DM him and see if I can get an answer as to what that is. Corey, if you're listening, I know you sometimes listen. Please let me know what the, what the water bottle was. You, you know, I know you might. Planned on hanging on for a long time. So maybe you were just thinking he might get thirsty up there. James showed some solid skill. Does it matter? Because he ended up leaving at the end of the episode. So no, it doesn't. But I was impressed. Showed some solid skill that I didn't 100% anticipate. Jay actually was kind of surprised. At first, I was like, oh, Jay's going to dominate again. Like, there is a little some climbing element. He's got that upper body strength. He's got the balance. He climbs. He surfs. This does seem, you know, kind of tailor-made for him. So I was a little bit surprised. Like, he did... He did perfectly good I think he got third overall or whatever so it's not like he did bad or flopped or anything like that but was kind of surprised he didn't win to be honest thought he was gonna get that second win in a row and just waltz right into that final and then we got Berna she puts her skills to the test and dominates and it's fantastic let's let's be honest you've got to feel good for her you just have to okay you can feel however you want to feel about Berna obviously I have been just, she's a conundrum to me. I don't know how to, how to really react to everything that goes on in the house. I don't know who to blame for what, how, what, how, what, who exactly she even is. 
but I love I love having her. I love having the big question mark, the kind of a little bit of a chaos agent accidentally almost in the house. And you've got to feel good for her in her story. Getting this win on the last one, like it's pretty amazing. So feel good for her. It's kind of the rules. Have a heart already, all right? If you're a big Berna hater, just have a heart. It's it's fine. It feels it feels nice that she won. Plus, she was the biggest question mark as far as if someone who who would win where we wouldn't know what would happen after they win. It was probably her. Like it still falls pretty easily into line, but it was going to kind of fall in line no matter who won. I felt like it was the kind of the biggest question, or at least made it so that it was the one person who could win, maybe Corey or Colleen as well, that would ended up in the same position of like, this is going to come down to Jay making a decision, which is ultimately what we wanted from a television perspective. So yeah, amazing job by Berna, but obviously the one who did not do such an amazing job was Michelle. Michelle was purged, and for the second week in a row, one, I, I had three favorites coming into this season, and they all remained in favorite category. And while I am thrilled, absolutely thrilled, that one of those three did make the final, shout out to Corey, and we will talk about him making the final, did make a little bit of history uh, with this finals appearance for him. We'll talk about that later, but back-to-back weeks, you know, I thought I was going to get all three there. I, I was feeling so good about it. Ed and Corey were, you know, dominating, kicking ass. Michelle was kicking ass socially, politically. It's like, they're all going to make the final. This is going to be the best. And then Ed goes down last week. And then Michelle goes down this week. And I am heartbroken. I just love Michelle so much. I think she is, and I think both subjectively, she's like maybe my favorite current cast member. But objectively, even if you're like not, don't love the, you know, the big alliance running things, if you don't love her for any reason, I, I feel like objectively, she's one of those people we have to admit is a really good cast member for this show. Just is. Across the board. Does everything good. It's a little bit messy with, you know, the romances. is a little bit messy. Dominant, but messy socially and politically. That's a pretty amazing, you know, combination to be pretty damn good and dominant at it, but also still keeping that mess when you don't always necessarily have to. And in this season, it was much more her her buddy Jay's mess that she was kind of always indirectly a part of, but I just think she checks a lot of boxes. I think she's an amazing cast member and I just personally love her to death. And uh, yeah, all three purges have now been horrible. So, you know, do I hate the purges now? Part of me does certainly, but they're amazing for the show. It makes it so much more exciting. I can't hate on it just because my favorites were the ones that were the victims to the purge, but damn, did it suck? Raven, Ed, Michelle, uh, tough, tough, tough. I don't know that if you're the producers on that, those are the, anywhere near the people you would pick to have gotten purged from the game during this part of the season. Michelle ran this season. That's a fact. Like she beat Kara in an elimination. So she always has that. That's pretty awesome. And I think I saw someone, uh, it wasn't challenged stats, uh, but I think they may have referenced it in recent weeks too. It, someone said today that she had the most confessionals ever in a season now. She broke the record during this episode and that that probably checks out. 17 episodes, she was definitely the heaviest confessional person. Like it definitely probable. We'll have to check in with challenge stats on that, get the official word. But one way or the other, if she did or she came close, either way, super deserved. She was the narrator of the season. She was the political mastermind of the season, the social mastermind of the season. She ran this shit, and uh, she just fell. She literally fell just short of the final. And uh, she was right, though. The only the part that was the hardest was she was pretty spot on in her you know, little exit interview, exit confessional there, is if she was going to win, this was going to be the season. Like, 
if she doesn't get purged and is able, she was the linchpin to maybe pull all the ladies together, do the all ladies final thing that she's certainly got a chance to win this final. And for a player like her, that is, I can dominate politically. I can dominate socially, but as to her own admission, I don't quite, you know, doesn't quite stack up with the best of the best when it comes to like, if I just had to run a final versus the best possible people in the game, you know, I might not, probably not going to beat them. And so your avenue to winning in that scenario is run a final versus not the the Tories of the world, the Casey's of the world, et cetera, et cetera, is get get the, you know, the field that you can beat, a field you can be one of the favorites in. And she had done that, and it's really hard to do that. And so uh, that she doesn't get to actually run that final and see if it could come true. I, I do worry that uh, I feel, find it hard to think that she's going to be able to maneuver into a more advantageous final in the future, but I sure hope she does. I sure hope she's back. Um, she is still arguably, you know, Norris is now the face of the franchise, like for, for, for the time being, that's for sure. But Michelle has definitely fallen into the upper echelon category of, you know, if we're looking at the kind of group, the collective makes up the faces of the franchise. She's in it. I love her. I adore her. I hope she's back. And it was a super bummer to see her drop and head out right before the final. Let's talk just the first part of the house segment first. This will be quick, and then we'll get to, obviously, the big showdown and the yelling match and the fireworks that do go down. Berna is out. Immediately, Berna's like, I'm not this all-girls final thing. Yeah, not not about it. Uh, you know, some people have taken care of me, and they've actually been good to me and, you know, worked with me the whole season, even if, in reality, they just never had to let her know how far down the list in the alliance she was. But... You know, she did have Corey and Colleen, who the three of them got super tight and really did work together for like for real work together the last couple of weeks, uh, back half of the season here. And to some degree, she she deserves to be loyal to a Jay and a Manuel for certain. But if Michelle is there, if Michelle was there, Michelle is the one who's sneaky enough to, you know, not fill in Berna maybe and be like, Berna, you're going to pick me first. And yeah, we're going to go exactly the order we talk about, but behind your back, I'm going to kind of put this all girls things together. If you're not on board, I'll still kind of make it happen. And, you know, in that scenario, maybe Colleen still, uh, you know, gives her vote to Corey over Mariah. But I think one way or the other, all the girls would have been safe if Michelle isn't the one purged. If anyone else is purged, I think all of the women find a way to end up safe in this because I think she and Olivia Norris would have been enough, you know, three of the people in this scenario to maneuver and find a way to pull this off. And it still should have been the case even without Michelle there. Like, Berna is, maybe loses the final because of this decision. Like, if I'm her, I know, I just don't, Emmanuel's been a great friend to her, certainly. But again, I, I think she was lower on their list than she maybe wants to admit to herself, even if she does kind of know it in her heart of hearts, but like I'm picking Jay, Emmanuel and Corey over her every, every time in the final. And so you have the chance to put those three that I think are probably favored over you in a final in. And then if two or three of them go, like you might be the new favorite in the final for all we know, at least you could get Jay in there for sure. A hundred percent. You could probably end up, you know, you could you could find a way to get Jay and James and Corey in there and not a Manuel and just kind of save your one actual like friend along with Alliance member. Maybe Jay just somehow, some way, you've got to do it. You you've got to do it. You've got to pull the trigger. You've got to take out the top competition and continue to do so. 
And I don't know that she does that. I mean, she tried to take out Norris, who is arguably the top competition now. And so, you know, that that's one. But uh, I do think she should have taken this chance. She should have, uh, you know, went for it. And I think if Michelle was there, she could have been convinced to do it. Then we get a party night. It's pretty lame again. Nine-person party nights are tough. It's, it's going to be tough to produce a lot of great stuff during that. As always, they need to restructure the show. I say that by the end of every season. They need to get over having 20-episode seasons, and there needs to be a way for 10 to 12 or even more, for all I care, people left at the final the final couple of episodes because when it's this few people, there's just, you know, every ha- most people's favorites have been eliminated. There's less people to focus on, less stories to focus on, and, uh, you know, it's already hard to kind of make the final as interesting as the rest of the season, but uh, definitely taking six, seven, eight people versus 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people Definitely, definitely puts you in a tough spot and puts you in a tough spot when you have party nights like this. Then we've got Jay versus Narice. It finally happens. And what what is Jay doing? I really haven't been that against most of anything Jay's really done this season. Uh, I think he easily, like in this moment, he so easily could have saved face. Like he could have, like it was just sitting there for him to save a friendship and to be able to look back and as much as people wouldn't, you know, would have tried to dog him for it or whatever, like if he saves Norris right here, he could look back and spin this whole season as like, I never really did anything wrong. Like all the people I was connected to, I was a part of dominoes that led to things happening. And clearly I was on the other side directly against Horacio and Kylan, but not so much you. And like, there's a, there's a spin he could have put on the whole thing if he, you know, threw the bow on the end of like, and I saved you at the end. And I was, you know, heartbroken when it didn't work out the week before the whole thing. And he just doesn't, he just decides no, no, thank you. No chance. I'm going to burn this thing down to the ground. Look, is the information Colleen gives him true? Yes. We see the flashback. We, we knew that there was a discussion between Colleen and Narice about like, if it comes down to Kylan and Jay, Maybe we lean Kylan and maybe we like kind of, you know, Jay's kind of, you know, led some of us astray a little bit here, kind of has too big of a group, the whole thing. Yeah, sure, it happened. She considered Kylan over you. No action was taken. No harm was done. You were never put in jeopardy. And you definitely, definitely indirectly, sure, but a pretty direct indirect harm was done towards her and the people she cared most about in the game alongside of you. And if anyone was not fully, you know, working on behalf of them and the person they supposedly were, you know, besties with and in line with, it's Jay towards Norris and not the other way around. So move on from, you know, this nothing burger of she considered once upon a time, would she think about voting for you? Move on, pick her. You don't even have to lie about it. What's the other amazing part? It's not like his his alliance is like, don't you dare pick her, and he would have to lie to someone and do something here shady either way. They open Berna openly says, I'm giving you the chance. If you want to pick her, sure. I wouldn't. I if I if you wanted to do what I want to do, you would pick this person, but you know, whatever. You can pick her. It's fine. No one's gonna be upset. So, like, it's right there. And what does Mariah really mean to you? Like, honestly, honestly. Who cares? Send Mariah and James in to the elimination together. They can lose together. They get a couple extra days in a hotel together, a little extra vacation together. The whole thing would have been amazing. They would have loved it. Would have been a way better ending for the two of them, for you, for Norris, for everyone. And he doesn't do it. And Norris loses it on him. And thank goodness, (laughs) no anger management classes should be that effective. Okay? 
I, you know, I don't know Norris, but I'm still proud of her, <laughs> as proud as you can be of someone on the TV show that you love uh, for how amazing, you know, the anger management clearly worked. She is very much in control of her emotions and in control of herself in every way. And I, again, love the way she handles the opening of this episode. But thank goodness that it, it just it shouldn't be if someone exists that could find a way to get her in a very deserved moment where we she needed to let this out, okay? She deserves to. We needed to see it. It was fun. It was fireworks. She loses it on Jay. It's the best. She goes in on multiple people, not just Jay, Colleen too. I think some others caught some strays in it. It was fantastic. So do not get in an argument with Doris. I think we've learned that by this point in the season, especially when she has all of the ammo on her side and is mostly, again, mostly right. She did... She is a little tiny bit lying about, uh, you know, did I ever actually say that? Well, like, you know, she should just be like, I did. And then I didn't do anything about it. Like what? I didn't vote for you, anything like that. So tiny little lie in there. Sure. But she's got the ammo. She's got most of the argument on her side. Just don't argue with that woman. Um, and so, yeah, the order goes as planned. Jay picks Mariah. Emmanuel has loyalty, which, you know, I think also for him may cost him here because he... Again, so easy to get Jay in there versus James and Mariah. Try to take Jay out, which would be advantageous. I think they all should be now that Horacio and Kylan are gone. I think and Ed and Raven and Zara. And, you know, I think if, if I'm in that house, I'm like, okay, so Norris and Jay. Those are now the two favorites around here. We've eliminated the five people that used to be at the top of this list. And now these two are at the top of the list. And and I get that he helped to get you there, but uh yeah, Emmanuel, you know, same as kind of Berna. I know it would be really hard. I know it would be vindictive and a big backstab, but I think he should have done it anyways. And then TJ, of all people, goes in on Jay a bit. Dude, you cried last week. What happened? Like, I, I love how vocal TJ has been the last handful of episodes, really the whole season, but certainly the last three, four episodes about just like how much just those three people were being targeted and how people keep turning their back on Doris. And when TJ tells you yet again that you've done something stupid, You've got to feel horrible. You've got to feel whatever the opposite feeling is of being told by TJ, you killed it. That's, you know, as amazing as that has to feel, it is the exact opposite is how bad it has to feel when TJ for the second week in a row is like, dude, what are you doing? Then we've got the conquest match, James, Olivia, Norris, and Norris just smokes them. There isn't much to it. There isn't a whole lot to talk about, to discuss, to debate. The slider puzzle is hard. It does take a bit of luck to get on the right path right at the start, but damn, she smoked it. They had no, seemingly had no chance versus the slider puzzle. She dominated it and went on to dominate all three puzzles and absolutely smoked them. Her puzzle game is on point. She is for sure near the top, if not the top threat going into this final. We will do the power rankings here in just a moment, and we'll see if I put her number one, number two. It's probably not going any lower than that. Spoiler alert. Not going any lower than number one or number two. James and Mariah then. James obviously goes home, which means Mariah has lost her boo for the final, which, you know, not a horrible time to lose. You have like two days left in the house or a day left in the house or whatever. So not too bad. Um, 
You know, I wanted the greatest politicking effort to end in a finals appearance, but you can't get everything you wished for. And maybe that the fact that he doesn't make the finals, maybe I'm going to have to go back and assess, going to have to look in the history books and find out, you know, where does this actually rank? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself saying the greatest politicking effort ever. He did survive an entire season without being in the majority alliance and just and avoiding, avoiding all but one elimination early on. So uh, it was pretty impressive. We'll see if it was the greatest ever. But uh, what do you know? The most that both of them can say about the situation after is, I hope we are friends after this. So, yeah, love story. It did not turn out to be. I do hope, though, it is an actual legitimate friendship and wonderful. But I also hope that we get to see Lockie back. This James guy, he he was fine wallpaper. He was pretty to look at, but he was pretty damn boring on this season. And I came in with high hopes for him because back on Challenge UK, when James Locke went by Lockie, he was a whirlwind of crazy great television for a whole one episode of television or two or one and a half, whatever it was. But it was pretty amazing, and he made a big impact and was pretty damn entertaining for kind of all the wrong reasons to him. But, uh, you know, still still was fantastic television, and I want Lockie back. I need UK episode one Lockie back in our lives. So please and thank you if he does get invited back. Invite him back, but make him sign a contract saying we're getting UK James and not uh, season 39 James. And then as for Olivia, she handled herself really well in this episode. Like you just got to say it as po- as well as you possibly could in the aftermath of last week. This was the best case scenario I could have imagined for how this episode could go for her. I do feel for her. She is going to be a villain uh, going into the next season that she's on, assuming I, I believe she would definitely be invited and she probably will go. I would assume. I don't know. Um, I stand by, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan we, you know, that that was alluded to throughout the season, eventually just flat out said. Uh, but regardless of that, I do think that she was extremely genuine in her desire to make things right within this episode, had real regret and turmoil. And again, just the anguish on her face uh, is pretty overwhelming at a couple times in this episode. And so hats off to her for handling this the best that she could have. And, uh, you know, she she comes just short of being able to make that final. And I did really want, I really wanted to see her in a final so that she could overcome the, you know, the trauma of what went down on the last season and, you know, really fully put, it seems like she's put some closure around that. Hopefully she has, she deserves to, but uh, I think, you know, the ultimate closure would have been getting to a final and getting to go through and finish a final in some way. So I do, I do hope that she gets to do that sometime in the future, but uh, she gets sent home here by Nerese, four people up, four people down and Nerese, the new face of the show, is headed to the final. Awards time, best quote. We've got a few, and what do you know? They're basically all from Nerese. Um, I will not be telling none of you guys anything. Also, fuck all you guys, every single one of you. Yeah, end quote from Nerese to open the episode, basically to open the episode. Fantastic, obviously. And then Nerese again, I don't know if betrayed is the right word, but that's the only one that comes to mind, which is just, oh my God, again. Uh, handled that conversation with Olivia beautifully if the goal is to make Olivia feel as horrible as possible. It actually was the most effective way to do that. Brutal, brutal stuff. And then TJ, really? Nerese, loyalty doesn't mean much to people. Integrity doesn't either. TJ, Jay, you cried last time we were right here. What happened? End quote. And all of that collectively together is definitely the quote of the week. We'll give it to Nerese with an assist from TJ. Just uh. Yeah, fantastic episode as expected of her letting everyone know how she rightfully feels about everything that has happened. As for best moment, a lot of good ones in this episode. Narisa's entrance, obviously, 
the conversation between her and Olivia, obviously, excuse me, hiccups in the middle of the awards. That's no good. Jay, Mariah, and Emmanuel's dance celebration. I'll admit, I, I got a giggle out of it. It was kind of fun and funny and good on their part. And you, if you hate them and their alliance, so be it. I think you should be able to admit that it was kind of funny and fun. The fleeting moment that the all-girls alliance was pitched, I'll remember it fondly. Uh, Berna's toast. Berna got to give a toast. That was kind of fun. So there was one fun kind of part of the, uh, you know, of the little dance night party night. Narice versus Jay and or Colleen. Obviously, fantastic moment. TJ versus Jay. Didn't see that one coming, but it happened and was great. And then, of course, Narice winning in the second straight episode. We get a fantastically edited end. Her center frame, great music choice, the whole thing. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I'm going with Narice versus Jay. Uh, no, you know, no, no. We're going with the the entrance and Olivia Narice's conversation. Uh, the fireworks weren't there, but it was just as scathing, just as wonderful. So that is our moment of the episode. And as for MVP, we don't even have a ballot this week, guys. Are you kidding me? Obviously, it's Narice. Now for the power rankings, a little bit of history that was made, and then my predictions for the final next week. So power rankings for the last week here, we're finally going to put the men and women together because that is how the final is going to be ran. And so I've got Jay first, Narice second, and I kind of think that's like tier one. You could put them in either order, but I think they have the least, you know, the least concerns for me going into the final as far as being able to do everything that is asked of you within a final and do it at worst average and at best pretty damn good for some of the elements. So I've got J1, Norris 2. I think one of those two is going to bring home the win. I think those two are kind of the clear favorites right now and is... What a juicy storyline. I feel like it would be the two of them at like some puzzle right at the end or something. That would be pretty amazing given the events of the last couple episodes. I've got Corey third, Emmanuel fourth, Berna fifth. And I do think those three all have a shot to win. I do put them a slight tier below Jane Norris, but Corey Emmanuel, Berna, and then Mariah and Colleen at the bottom. I don't really see a path to victory for the two of them. They're the only two of these seven that I'm like, eh, I don't I don't really see it. Uh would I would I like the surprise? No, I want to see Norris win. I want to see Corey win. Uh, and if if Corey or Norris doesn't win, then I would probably want to see Jay win, honestly, um, because of the story purposes of it. And because I did, I did really like Jay. And, you know, I appreciate that we have a villain this season. So I still kind of like Jay in that respect, certainly. And uh, so, yeah, I want one of my faves, Corey, to win. I want Norris to win because that would be amazing. And if it's not one of those two, I'd really, I'd really like it to be Jay for the story purposes of it. I don't know that an Emmanuel, Berna, Mariah, or Colleen does does what the goal kind of of the season of creating a new champ that can be kind of a pivotal figure in the challenge world for seasons to come. Maybe Emmanuel, maybe Emmanuel, maybe even Berna. So we'll see. But Mariah and Colleen, you know, it's been nice having you around. Wonderful girls, wonderful people. But uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to win, and I'm kind of hoping that they don't. The quick little bit of history that was made is I had the wonderful pleasure last week at Challenge Mania, which, by the way, um, I am going to be recapping Challenge Home Turf 
at some point over the course of the next week, probably, probably this weekend, maybe I'll finally get to watch both of the first two episodes, do a little recap of that. I'll throw in a little Challenge Mania recap in there as well. We had Challenge Mania Chicago 6 last weekend. It was a fantastic time. Did a little write-up and post on the Instagram, so go check that out if you like. But I got to meet Corey in person, one of my favorites, so super, super fun to get to meet him just as amazing in person as on the show. And afterwards, we were DMing a little bit, and uh, we kind of put together a list. I was not, I knew it wasn't great as far as the representation uh, for gay men on the challenge of late and really throughout the history of the show haven't always been given the proper, you know, the, the proper chance, the proper opportunity from a production. And uh, I didn't realize though how long it had been since a gay man had made the final. And with Corey making the final on this season, he is officially the first gay man to make the final since not counting, uh, well, they, they count, but it's flagship series-wise, since Frank and Marlon on season 24, Rivals 2, 15 seasons later. Now, Connor on Challenge Australia and Nathan on Challenge UK, both the MVPs of their season, by the way, both truly amazing cast members and pretty damn good at the challenge itself. I think they both got second. Did Connor get third? They both made the final. So, you know, non-spinoff division here first since uh, since season 24, which is just wild. I might be missing someone. I, I went back pretty quick through and scanned. Uh, but the whole history, it, there's not that many. Dan Renzi, one of my all-time faves, season four, one. Uh, everyone makes the final in that season, though, still. Norm on season seven makes the final, does not get the win. Of course, my second all-time favorite challenger, Tyler Duckworth, the great, the mighty Tyler Duckworth, season 20 and 21, gets the wins. Frank then on season 23 gets the win, and JD from Real World Brooklyn is in the final that season. And then Frank and Marlon on season 24 are both in the final, don't win. And then there's this huge drought, and we've had, you know, Shane got close, uh, uh, during uh, Vendetta's or Final Reckoning, one of the two. Um, a couple folks have gotten close, but uh, yeah, it just hasn't, you know, ha the casting hasn't been there as far as getting some representation in uh, for the gay men in the reality TV world to showcase themselves and their talents on the challenge. And they, and you know, none of them have made the final. The few that have gotten the chance haven't made the final in quite a while. So a little bit of history made by Corey and obviously, I'm uh, just thrilled for him that I get to see him run the final. And I do feel like, again, third in that power rankings. We'll see. But Jay Norris, top of the power rankings. Corey, third. Emmanuel, fourth. Burn a fifth. Mariah, sixth. Colleen, seventh. As for predictions, I kind of just made them with the power rankings, but I'll go over them again. First and foremost, <laughs> this is going to be a two-part, two-episode final that doesn't really need to be a two-episode final. I think that's my first prediction. And uh, I do hope I'm wrong. I hope... It would be great if next week was the final week, but it didn't, from the preview, it didn't look like it. It looks like we got two episodes left, which will be great. Um, but you know, this, the finals, especially with this few people, you know, probably only needs to be one episode. People will get purged, prediction number two. People will get pur purged, and I'm going to predict it's going to be Colleen and Mariah. That's just because I have the bottom of them at the bottom of my power rankings, and I've been wrong about truly 97% of my predictions this season. And so, if my final power rankings could be like exactly accurate, spot on, you did it, I could recover a little bit of dignity with my uh, prediction ability. So I'm going with those two to be purged because I had them at the bottom. And then as far as the winner pick, you know, uh, obviously I'm picking someone very different from the multiple other times I've tried to make a winner's pick this season and been completely wrong. But 
out of this group that's left, I think Jay is going to win. We saw in the preview, there's some running, which duh, of course there is. There's like a little kind of repelling something or other going down a tricky surface and kind of repelling, kind of getting hold onto a rope. That's up Jay's alley for sure. There's some eating, which duh, of course there is. Uh, and there's a, some carrying of a big heavy rope. And while I think, I, I really do think Norris is kind of right there with them having a legit shot. If there's a decent amount of puzzles, I think, you know, like a, a, a lot of puzzles kind of, I feel like Norris suddenly has big, big advantage, probably maybe takes it home. Um, I do think Corey has a shot because it, it doesn't look like they're at elevation, which is the one thing that's made me, always made me the most nervous about Corey and any other taller, super muscular people on the show. You know, historically, it's just it's just harder at elevation when they got to climb the mountains. Uh, that body type doesn't do very well at uh, the thin, thin altitude in air. And so doesn't have that working against him, which is great. Seems like wherever they're doing it there locally at sea level, which is fantastic. So he's definitely got a shot, but I think Jay is the most well-rounded left and is, you know, going to top off this villain arc with a win. 85% of the fan base is going to start to wrongly discredit it because they don't like him anymore. And that's going to just make his, you know, him as you know, the new villain of the challenge all the better going into the next season that I assume if, if he does take home the win, if he does or doesn't take home the win, I assume he's going to get invited if it is no longer looking like it's going to be a champs only situation. Um, or if he does end up winning and it is a champs only situation, he now could get the invite. So Jay's my prediction to win. I'm definitely rooting for Corey, uh, definitely rooting for Norris. And if one of those two can't win, I am then probably rooting for Jay so that we can get the good story arc and the season can be successful on a yet another level as far as what they were trying to do. So with that, that is episode 17. It's in the books. It was a little bit of a longer one here. So thank you so much for being here with me all throughout, not just this episode, but throughout this season. Reminder again, next week, the podcast will be out sometime on Thursday. Again, Valentine's Day. Your boy takes date nights very seriously, especially the holiday types. So we're going to be doing some fun stuff with the wife on Wednesday night, and then we'll record, watch and record on Thursday and get that to you as soon as we can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Links in the description, uh, where, whether you're watching or listening for Ayana's fundraiser and her Instagram, if you want to reach out and give her some love and support. And as always, I am at challenge historian on Instagram. If you want to DM me chat challenge, any questions, ideas, topics you want to see covered, we're about to head into a brief, hopefully pretty brief off season for the show. So I am going to need, I've been getting some great ideas, a couple amazing ideas recently from a lot of you. So definitely get those in. If you'd like to hear something talked about, hear something covered, the short form content is going to be starting here soon. That's most of the off season is going to be that as much as anything. So we can do some quick little niche stuff too. It doesn't have to be but some big topic that I can talk about for an hour, little quick questions. So get those in at challenge historian, hit me up. Thank you for being here. Love you. Appreciate you until next week. Peace.